You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, today we're looking at the topic of how to handle worry, how to handle stress. And there's a lot of us that stress out about a lot of different things because let's be honest, let me help you stress out a little bit. There's a lot to stress out about, right? I mean, we, we, go, we go down the list. You've got stresses and pressures from, from every angle, it seems. Like from, you got money, anyone with some money worries, money pressures. We got, we got health issues. We got job. We got relationship stress, school. Can I get my kids in that school? Can I keep my kids in that school? Come on. Stress. I feel like I'm stressing everybody out right now. That's okay. It's part of it. Just hang with me. We'll go there. Uh, we got stress over things that have happened to us in the past. We got stress over what in the world's going to happen in the future. I always call it the what ifs and the what nows. Like, like what if this and what if that? What if I lose my job? What, what if I get sick? What if, what if? And then there's the what nows. Like, well, what now that I've lost my job? What, what now that I'm sick? What now? And we have all these things. Come on, you feel it? Am I stressing anyone out this morning? Can I have a good hearty amen? Yeah, amen. Like, like I wasn't thinking about those things, but now I am. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I came to church today. So we have all these things that'll stress us out. And if you are a stressor, if you're stressing about anything in your life today, I got a couple things that I think might, might help you understand here up front uh, or might help you out here up front that you need to understand. And, and the first one is this, that if you're a stressor, you're not alone. Okay, 75% of Americans today um, are regularly experiencing Physical and psychological system are psychological symptoms caused by stress. In other words, 75% of people are so stressed out that it's messing with them physically. Matter of fact, three, this statistic blew me away, three out of every four doctor visits can be drawn back or are symptoms of stress at its core. Three out of four doctor visits can be brought back to issues relating to stress. We are stressed out people. 50% of people admit to lying awake at night, unable to sleep because of something that they're stressing out about. Their mind just keeps spinning and spinning and stressing and stressing and they cannot fall asleep. And then the next day they're tired and they can't function like they would normally be at work or whatever environment they're in. 50% of people, I won't ask you to raise your hand because if half of you don't, you're lying to me. There's a lot of stress and there's a lot of us stressing out. And so what is it for you? I really want to try to help you this morning. So here's what I, I want you up front. I, I listed out some things, you know, but honestly, what is it for you? What is it that's keeping you up at night? What are you so stressed out about? What, what are you so worried about? I need you to be honest with yourself. If you're going to let God's word help you today, you just got to be honest with where you're at. What's stressing you out? Okay, now let me help. Let's go to God's word to get some help. And here's the very first principle I think that we need uh, to get our hearts and minds around if we're going to be those who, who can handle stress. The first thing is this. You can be, I, write this down, ready? There will always be something. Write it down. There will always be something. See, I think when you, a lot of us, 
need to come to the conclusion and real, just upfront realize there will always be something. Because I think some of us think that if I can put out that fire, then I won't have any stress. But here's what happens is you put out that fire and you realize that there's actually three other fires. And then I got to put out those three fires. And if I could get those three fires put out, then, then I won't have any stress. And, and you're running around trace, tra- chasing fire after fire with your fire extinguisher, thinking you're going to put out all the fires. And when all the fires are, I'm finally going to be a place in my life where there is no stress. And I can finally sleep at night because that fire is out. That All these ordeals are finally gone. I'm here today to tell you, congratulations. Welcome to church. This is a great, like, motive, like you're going to feel great when you walk out of here. But you need to understand up front. There will always be fires. There will always be ordeals. Can I have a good amen? amen. There's always going to be stuff. So listen to what scripture says. First Peter chapter four, verse 12 says, dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Scripture saying, don't be shocked by the fact that you're walking through an ordeal. Don't be shocked by the fact that there's stressors in life and things that you could go and worry about in life. That's always going to be there. And you just need to know that up front. Let me help you. Life will always feel like it's spinning. You ever have that sense? Life will always feel like it's, like it's spinning. Like, there's always things going on all around you. There's, there's always issues. And the way to deal with stress is not to stop your world from spinning. Because you can't. The world is always spinning. What we need to learn to do is that in the midst of a world that's spinning, posture ourselves properly. Now Watch. I've used this illustration before, but I will again because I think it's brilliant. It's not my illustration, so I can say it's brilliant. If it was my illustration, I'd tell you it's, it's the most brilliant illustration. But think of a, um, think of a, a, like a merry-go-round. A merry-go-round spinning, constantly spinning. And if you place yourself on the edge of that merry-go-round, you, you, feel, you feel the force. It's one better illustration. Remember, remember the playground equipment that's now illegal? I think it's illegal. I don't see it anywhere anymore. But like, you, would, you would pile that thing up with everyone's children, and then there'd be some dad. It's always a dad. Some dad that's out there like, I oh, see how fast I can make this thing. He's run, and he's throwing it as fast as he can. That thing's spinning like this. And there's children being flung everywhere. Remember that? Remember that? that. And so you'd always have the kids that'd be on the outside just like barely hanging on. Pretty soon their feet are flying, and they're, like, and they're, they're gone, right? But then you'd always have the kid or the kids that would pull into the middle. You'd fight to get to the middle. And once you got to the middle, you could hold on to the center. And here's what happens if you can learn to get to the center. The center. Someone say the center. If you can learn to get to the center, what happens is life is still spinning all around you, but the effect of it isn't as great as it was when you were on the edge. Now listen, some of you are living life on the edge. Living on the edge. It's not a great place to live. Because here's what happens is when you're on the edge, this is a lot of us, when you, when you haven't learned to center yourself, when you're on the edge, everything gets the best of you. Your emotions get the best of you. Stress gets the best of you. The, the circumstance gets the best of you. The, the, the relational dynamic gets the best of you. Everything in your life gets the best of you because you're on the edge and everything's hitting you at full force. Friends, what I want to help you do today is get away from the edge and learn to get centered. 
Not centered in some mystic kind of way, but in a biblical, what does God's word say kind of way. Because here's what I, here's what you understand. There is a way to move through the ups and downs of life. There's a way to move through the spinning life in a way that the ups and downs don't affect your life. In the way that the world is spinning all around you, but it's not actually moving you or messing with you. There's a way to do it. And we've got to learn to pull ourselves into this place of just being more centered. Now, passage of scripture that I always love to go to when I talk about stress and is, is over to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23. So if you have your Bibles, open with me over to Psalm 23. You're going to read one verse out of Psalm 23. The reason I love going to Psalm 23 is because Psalm 23 is written by King David and And if anyone had any kind of uh, stressors in life or things they could have been stressed out about, I would say it was King David. Like David, David been through a little bit, you know, like David as a, as a young man, we're told like he was attacked by a bear, attacked by a lion. That's, that's kind of a stressful kind of situation, a little, little circumstance. Anyone got a little circumstance in your life? You feel like you're being attacked. Well, well, David, David's been there. You, you, you go through David's life. We know that he lived a whole season of his life where Saul, the then current king, was trying to kill him because David was the anointed king or the king to be. And so Saul was trying to kill him. So he's living his life. Imagine he's living his life in a way where he is constantly running for his life. He's running for his life from cave to cave and place to place. He's, he's, he's just, he's just on, on the, on the move continually because his life is constantly being threatened. I mean, that's a, come on, that's, so say that's stressful. That's stressful. That's stressful. You know, David dealt with the loss of a child. I know some of you have dealt with similar loss. David walked through that kind of loss. David then went on to run a quickly growing kingdom with all the pressures of a kingdom. I mean, come on. Some of us are just trying to run a, I'm just trying to run my business. I'm just trying to run a small little thing over here in Redlands. And David's running a whole kingdom. So he's got all the pressures of the, of the kingdom on him. And many uh, Bible scholars believe that what we have here in Psalm 23 is David actually looking back at his life going, here's how I did it. Here's how I went through all that I went through and dealt with all that I had to deal with in a way that didn't actually stress me out. In a way, this is David kind of saying, here's how you get centered. Here's how you can do this. And I'm telling you, you can. Are you ready? David, how did you do it? How did you do it, David? Here's what David did. Here's what David says. He goes, listen, ready? Everybody lean in, taking notes. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Wait, come again? Yeah, let me. David could have pictured himself in any, any way. He's a king. He could have said, I'm a king. He could have said, I'm rich. He could have said, I'm a boss. He could have said, I'm a, I'm a fill in the blank. He could have flexed a little bit. But what does David say? When David thinks of himself, he goes, here's how I think of myself. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I'm just a what? I'm just a sheep. You've heard me do it before. David, tell me about yourself. He goes, just a sheep. I want you to write this down. I'm going to help you with your stress. Write it down. I'm not all that. Come on. I'm not all that. David spent a whole lot of time around sheep because as a young man, he was a shepherd. So he knew firsthand that sheep, 
<laughs> sheep were some of the dumbest animals. Sheep, sheep are one of the only animals that cannot survive on their own or thrive on their own in the wild. In, in order for a sheep to thrive or to survive, they have to have a shepherd. They have to have somebody that's looking out for them, caring for them, providing for them, protecting them, leading them, guiding them. They, they have to have somebody other than themselves moving them through life step by step. And when David goes to picture his life, what, what he, how he sees himself, he goes, that's me. I'm the guy that is just not all that. I'm the guy that can't do it on my own. I'm the guy that can't figure it all out on my own. I'm, I'm the guy that doesn't know it all. I'm, not the, I'm the guy that doesn't have all the strength. I'm, not the, guy, I'm the guy that doesn't have all the might. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the guy that just can make it happen. You see, I'm just a sheep. Here's your first step toward peace. You ready? It's just being able to admit, I can't do this on my own. I can't. Like, I don't have all the resource. I don't have all the strength. I, come on, guys. Let this be helpful today. You don't have all the answers. You, 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 you can't, let me help you with this. You can't control everything. I, I asked how many worriers we have in here. And you guys raise your hand. How many of you worriers are also control freaks, right? You want to control everything. Listen, you can't control everything. You can't fix everything. You're just a sheep. As the theologian Bono once said, sometimes, sometimes you just can't make it on your own. And it's true. And I think one of the most liberating thoughts is that it's okay to not, it's okay to say, you know, I'm not all that. It's okay to realize that you can't actually be in control of everything. You know, the, the, one of the most common causes of stress and worry comes from trying to be in control of too much. It, it comes from you trying to control things you can't control. It comes, it comes from you trying to um, um, fix things that you just can't fix. It comes from, watch, some of you are so stressed because you're, you're carrying things that God doesn't even expect you to carry. You're carrying burdens that God has never actually put on you. You're carrying things alone that God's not actually desires for you to carry alone. There's some things you got to carry, but you're trying to carry it alone. God says, don't try to carry it alone, but you're trying to carry it alone because you keep telling yourself, I, I, I can do this and I'm, I, I, I got this. And, I, and God goes, no, no, no. You need to see yourself like David saw himself. And David said, no, I can't do this. I don't got this. I, I need, I need some help. I need a shepherd. I need someone to lead me. I need someone to guide me. And I got to get this place where I realize I just can't do this on my own. Stop thinking that you're bigger than you really are. All right? You can't control him. You can't control her, especially her. Come on, somebody. <laughs> don't clap. Don't clap. You're going to be in trouble. Don't, don't, don't. You can't control them. You can't control what they say. You can't control what they do. You can't control the boss. You can't control, you can't control the, the environment. You can't control the stock market. You, you, can't, you can't control. Come on, what are you trying to control? What are you hoping you control? I'm just telling you right now, you can't. And one of the most common causes of stress is you thinking you can and you inserting yourself into those things, trying to, and it just becomes, listen, you're trying to do what only God can do. God can, can do it. 
God can control it. God, God can answer it. God can speak to it. God can change it. God, God can, God can, God can. But if you're trying to do what only God can do, that's you walking around thinking, well, it's you trying to play God. And trying to play God is going to be very, very stressful in your life. You know, one of, one of my favorite verses is, is in Isaiah where he says this. He says, be still and know that I am God. You know what that means? The word be still, if you, if you look at that word in the Hebrew, it literally means this, let your hands, it's, it's an opening of your hands. It's like, drop it. It's literally what it means. Let it go. Be still. Let it go and realize he is God. What have you been holding on to? What have you been trying to you know, wrestle into submission? Here's what the word of God says. Hey, hey, let go of that. Right now, just drop it. Just take your hands off it and realize he's God, which means you're not. Stop trying to be God. Someone say, I'm not all that. I'm not all that. David goes, I'm just a, he is my shepherd. Therefore, I'm just a sheep. I'm not all that. God knows your frame, everybody. Psalm 103, 14 says, he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are just dust. There's just not a whole lot of ability and strength that, that I bring to the table here in this thing called life. And that's okay to admit it's actually very healthy to get to the spot where you go, I'm not all that. When you start to worry, listen, I want you to remember this. When you start to worry, an alarm should go off, like a, a light should be blinking on the dashboard of your life saying you're trying to control too much and you need to stop. Why? Because you're not all that. I'm not all that. Someone say, I'm not all that. Well, if I'm not all that, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm a sheep, but he's my shepherd. I'm not all that. But watch this. At next point, he is all that. So I'm not all that, but guess what? I'm connected to the one who is all that. See, I don't have to stress and worry because even though I'm not all that, I know the one who is all that. I don't have the strength, but I'm connected to the one who does have the strength. I don't have the answers, but I know the one who does have the answers. I don't have the ability, but I'm connected to the one who is more than able to accomplish everything that I might be facing and help me walk through everything I might be facing in my life. You see, I'm connected. So I'm not all that, but I have all that. You see, because he's all that. Does that make sense, everybody? You see, the the the... The lot in life of a sheep was directly tied to their shepherd. In other words, if, if they had a poor shepherd, they would live a poor life. If they had a great shepherd, they'd have a great life. And you always get the sense, like, whenever I teach this, I always think about David. He, I, I picture him picturing himself as a sheep, and I picture him standing at the edge of his, you know, perfectly green, lush field that he's eating in, and he's up on this hill and he's yelling down to all the other sheep who have these poor shepherds that are off in some dry wasteland somewhere. And he's kind of bragging. He's like, I don't know about you, but the Lord is my shepherd. And he's looking around at all that God has done for him, all that God has provided for him. He goes, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, I belong to him. And there is none, there is none more able there is none more capable, there is none more powerful than the one who spoke the universe into existence, who holds it in the span of his hands and says, you are mine. Amen? Amen? See, I'm not all that, but he is all that. 
Think of it, think of it in terms of ownership. And you could turn the fans on just a little bit more, unless it's just me up here sweating on myself. I want you to think of it in terms of ownership. You belong to him. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I am his sheep. I belong to him. What do we do with the things we own? Come on, most of us, you take care of the things you've, that you own. You, 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 you treasure the things that you own. You, you protect and, and you, um, you look out for the things that you own. So you, you remember your first car? Come on, everybody, you remember your first car? What was your first car? Tell me your first car. What was your first car? Yeah, yeah, okay. My first car, I'm sorry about that, by the way, some of you that, what did you say your first car? Well, you had a nice first car. My first car was a Pontiac Sunbird. You don't even know what that is. That's because, that's because it didn't do well in the market. And it wasn't one of those cool cars, but it was my car. It was, my grandma gave it to me. It tells you how awesome it was, right? It was, it was a great car. Grandma, grandma was sweet and gave me her car. And you know what I did when I got that car? Can I tell you what I did? I, I washed that car. I detailed that car. I took care of that car. Man, I, 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 would, I, would, I would go in. I would take out. I, I would vacuum that thing like meticulously. I just, because it was my car right when I got it. I was just so proud of that car. I went, I, I didn't like this. Like the seats needed a little love. So I went out and I got myself, come on everybody. I got myself some beaded seat covers. Do you remember them things? Yeah, there's like beads all over. And I, that, I, it was my car. I'm going to put some beaded seat covers inside my car. Why? It's my car because I'm going to take care of my car. You see, I do that. I take care of my car. Tatum hated my beaded seat covers because they, her hair would always get stuck in, inside of them. <laughs> she had to get out the so it's pretty funny. But I still remember the day because it was my car. I, I remember looking at it going, I don't know about them rims. It had those, it had those like those cheap, like, like those covers you put over the rims, you know, to make it look like you got rims, but you don't got rims. You have covers over your rims. I remember the day I took those off and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to paint. I'm going to chrome paint what's underneath that? Thing. And I took them, I, I, I taped up them tires and I chromed out, I chromed out that rim because it was my car. I'm taking care of my car. Now listen, listen, you do that with your stuff. And what God wants you to understand this morning, please hear this, is if you are a sheep and he is your shepherd, he as your shepherd owns you. You are his. He takes care of his own. He looks after meticulously his own. There's nothing happening in your life that he doesn't see. There's no dust in some crevice that needs to get cleaned up that he's not aware of. There's no, no like, rim that needs painting that he's not going to, come on, you get the point. Like God sees it all. And listen, if you're taking care of your stuff, don't you think God's going to take, and at this point, listen, and it's not just that God owns you because like you were forced on him. Like I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I, like my first car was kind of like, was kind of forced to take it. There were no other options. And grandma was giving me, I was like, I guess that's my car. I'm going to love my car. But did you know that God actually chose you? And do you know that God, in order to get you into the fold, he actually had to pay a great price to bring you in? Jesus gave his life 
to bring you in. Jesus gave his life to make you his own. He was so fixed and focused on you, so in love with you, that he said, I will give my life to be with you, to have you close to me. He gave his life for you. Now listen, listen to what scripture reasons. If Jesus gave his life to be with you, if God said, I'm gonna give you everything I am to bring you in, don't you think then he will continue to give you everything he is to sustain you and to carry you and to guide you and to provide for you and to protect you and to heal you. Come on, he's going, I'm just going to, listen to what it says in Romans chapter eight, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us how many things? All things, all things, all things. You see, I'm not all that, but he is all that. It goes on to say in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, it says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will. Why? Because I'm his and he takes care of those who are his. I, I want you to think about it this way. A couple ways to think about it. Insurance policy. If you, how many, you, you, if you rent a car, when you rent a car, they're going to ask you, would you like to take out insurance policy on that? If you have your own insurance policy, no, but if you say, hey, yeah, I'd like to take an insurance policy out on that, and you pay for the insurance policy, the insurance policy covers the whole car, guess what? You don't go around worrying about the car. Why? Because there's an insurance policy taken out on the car. I know that no matter what happens to the car, it's going to get fixed. Everything's going to be okay. Why? Because there's an insurance policy taken out on the car. I don't go around worrying about it, right? Some say, right? In the same way, do you know that God has an insurance policy taken out on your life? Like there are over 7,000 promises in God's word. Like your life has been insured by God. 7,000 promises of God for your life. I'm telling you, it is the best insurance policy around. It is the best insurance you could ever have. The insurance, the assurance of God and his promises. 7,000 promises of God in your life. Guess what? Therefore, you don't have to worry. Amen? When you think about it in terms of ownership, I, I also like to think of this. It's, it means my life is, is subject to him. Let me explain that. Because I belong to him, my life is therefore subject to him. In other words, see, I once belonged to the world system. I once belonged to a different kingdom but I'm of his kingdom. I belong to his kingdom. I, I am therefore subject to the king in his kingdom. Meaning this, my life is not subject any longer to worldly philosophies, to, to, the, to the chance, to chance or, or, or circumstance. My, my, my life is not subject to anything other than my king, my shepherd. You see, my life is subject to him. My life is not even subject to my own limitations or my own understanding. My life is not subject to um, whatever circumstance or situation I might, be, might find myself in. Sure, you might look and go, it, it looks like my life is subject to these things, but ultimately my life is not only subject to those things or subject to all of those things because, you see where I'm going? My life is actually subject to my king because I belong to him first and foremost. I don't belong to my circumstances. I don't belong to, I don't have to bow to those things because he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. My life is subject to him and to him alone. You see, I'm not all that, 
but he is all that. Come on, is this helping anyone out today? Like, just take a deep breath. Like, hey, I'm not all that. He is all that. Therefore, listen, I have all that. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. I'm a sheep. He's my shepherd. Therefore, he goes on to say, I shall not want. I shall not want. When we think of want, when we think of want, we usually think desire. We think this is saying, um, because he's my shepherd, if I, if, I, if I want more money, I'm going to get more money because I shall not want. And if I want it, I have it, right? And so we think of uh, money, we think of status, we think of health, but this is not saying if I want it, I get it. Here's what it's saying. It's deeper than that. It's more important than that. It's not saying that we will never experience suffering in life. We'll never walk through difficult situations in life. Matter of fact, you know Psalm 23. What does he go on to say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Like there are issues coming. There are things I find myself in the middle of. So he's not saying you're never going to find yourself in the middle of stressful situations or, or strenuous times. He's not saying that at all. Here's what he's saying. The Lord is my shepherd. If the Lord is my shepherd, then I shall not want even while I'm walking through those difficult times. In other words... No matter what comes my way, no matter what I face, no matter what I'm going through and walking through, no matter what I'm experiencing in life right now, I will never lack the expert care of my loving shepherd in which I can be completely confident. No matter how dark the night is, my shepherd continues to lead me and to guide me even through, someone say through, through the valley of the shadow of death. If I'm in it, he's going to get me through it. And I'm not sitting here focused and, 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 and being thrown off because of the valley of the shadow of death. I'm staying close to my Savior who's going to lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, I'm not all that. He is all that. And therefore, I have all that. I've got everything I could possibly ever need in the middle of every circumstance I could possibly ever face. And if you believe it, say amen. Amen. Like I got it. Oh, four of you. Come on. Amen. Like God has got me. God's got me. God's got me. So is that helpful, everybody? I'm not all that. He is all that. Therefore, I have all that. So let's, let's get really practical. What are you worrying about right now in your life? What are you stressing over? Okay, what is the thing that keeps you up at night? What is the thing in your life right now that you're worrying about in your life right now? You got it? You got it? Say, got it. Okay, now here's what Jesus says to you. Matthew chapter six, verses 24 and 26. Here you are, you come to Jesus, you're all worried about this thing in your life. And here's what Jesus says. I tell you, do not worry about your life. Well, Jesus, I'm really worried about this. this. He says, stop. Stop worrying about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more than clothes? Let me give you some really practical things that Jesus is doing here. Listen, you come to Jesus all stressed out about, about life and about, about all the different circumstances and situations. And he gives a couple examples. He goes, don't, don't worry about you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. And, and he's using examples that they would be worried about in that day. But I think you could bring it over into our day and we can continue that list. And, and what are some things you're worried about? You, could, you can say, hey, don't, don't worry about your life. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry about what you worry about. 
Don't, don't worry about whether you're going to have enough money in the bank, whether you're going to be able to keep your job. What's going to happen if you lose your job? Am I going to get another job? I mean, those things, you go, like, those are really important. Jesus goes, don't, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry. Don't worry about whether or not you're going to end up getting married. Some of you, it's, you're worried about whether you're going to be able to get, get remarried. Maybe I'm worried about my retirement. I'm worried about the 401k. I'm worried about the economy. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about fill in the blank. Jesus shows up and goes, listen, don't worry about any of that. Don't worry about whether you're going to be able to get your kids in the school. Am I going to be able to keep them in the school if I do get them in the school? And, and all these things that you worry about. Let's be, a lot of us will worry about, we worry about health. We worry about our health. Let me speak to that for a second. Like, some of us actually have things, if you look at, from the outside, you go, you got something to worry about. And everyone would look and go, man, you got a lot to worry about. But when you get close to Jesus, he goes, don't worry about it. Jesus, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Do you, do you realize what I've been diagnosed with? Or do you, do you realize what, what is going on in my life? She says, I see all of it, but don't worry about any of it. He's not saying don't care. He's saying don't worry. Because here's what happens. I think some of us get so worried about all the things we're worried about is all you can see. So if you take the health thing, if you're worried about your health all the time, it's all you're thinking about. It's all consuming. I know, I know, I know it's difficult. I know you got a lot going on and I, and I know what the diagnosis says and I know, but, but listen, if you are worried about it all the time, all your worry is actually making you, it's actually affecting your health. It's actually making you more ill because you're just worried and worried. And here's what Jesus is trying to do. He's just going, Jesus is saying, listen, I see it. Don't worry about it. In other words, I, want you to, I just want you to breathe for a second. Because what will happen is you will spend so much of your life worrying about your life that you're not actually able to live your life. And what Jesus wants to invite you into is this place where no matter what's going on in your life, you can live your life. So instead of trying to add more moments to your life, that's where our world lives, by the way. Trying to add more moments, more moments. I just need longer life. I need more. Trying to add more moments to my life. Jesus shows up and goes, let's, let's talk about how to, how to add more life to your moments. How to live in what you have right now. Don't worry about your life. But, but Jesus, how do I do that? Some say step back. Do you see what Jesus told him? It was really practical. He goes, is not life, is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Isn't Jesus going, I just, I just want you to step back for a second. Isn't there more to life than the thing you're worried about in life right now? I mean, does, does life equal, come on, what are you worrying about, money? You're worried about money. So Jesus goes, does, does life equal money or is there more to life than money? You're worried about your 401k. Does, does life equal your 401k? Or is there more to life? Oh, when my kids get to that school? Like, Jesus, step back for a second. Is there more to life than your kids getting to that school? 
Is there more to life than your kids staying in that school? Is there more to life? Like Jesus just goes, just step back for a second. Just, just, just take a deep breath. And he's just trying to get you to understand that there's a way to face the uncertainties of tomorrow without having to be all stressed and worried about it today. And it's just by stepping back and going, okay, there's more to life than this thing that I'm, I'm stressed about. Step back. Someone say, look up. Look up. So Jesus stepped back. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Is there more to life? Yeah, a little more to life. He goes, and I want you to look up. You're like, look up, Jesus. I, I, I don't have time to look up. I got all these things I got to stress about. I got all these things I got to do. I don't have time to look. And wait, Jesus, just, just, just look up. Let's look up. And in Palestine, if you look up, there'd be all these different birds and all these different species of birds flying over them. He said, I just want you to, I want to show the good birds for a second. But Jesus, you understand. You know, you know what I'm facing right now. You know, you know the pressures. You know, he goes, just, just step back. Look up. Okay, fine. Just what do you see? See the birds of the air? He goes, they don't, they don't sow or reap. They're not storing away in barns. They're not, they're not stockpiling worms somewhere. You know, they're not, they're not like, they're stalking their kids on Instagram. They're not, they're not, they're not stressed about all this. They're, they're not trying, you know, it's like running around at, 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 up at night and at Whitsy because they're not doing any of that. And watch this. And yet, someone say, and yet, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. He's taking care of them, right? God is giving those birds everything they need, whenever they need it, wherever they need it. God's going, I'm taking care of all the birds of the air. Now, here's a really deep theological question I want us all to answer together. Ready? He says this. Are you not much more valuable than they? Okay, everybody, let's answer this together. Do you think God cares more about you than the birds? One, two, three. Yes, absolutely. Some of you paused. You didn't know. That's okay. I'm going to help you. He cares more about you than the birds. And if he's taking care of the birds of the air, he's going to take care of you, his sheep. He's going to look after you. He loves you, church. Step back, look up. And then Jesus just says, I need you to let go. See, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It says in the next part of that scripture. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can, can, can you, by worrying, come on, answer the question. Can, can you, by worrying, make it better? When is the last time you staying up all night worried about your job helped your job. You up worrying about how much money you had or didn't have helped you have more money in the bank account. Like worrying never does anything. I always use an illustration. A kid worried about whether they could reach the cookies on the top shelf doesn't help them grow at all. They're not able to do it because they worried. All it gives you is a really bad night's sleep and messes up your day the next day. It does nothing. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Can one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The answer is no. In other words, worry does absolutely nothing. Staying up at night, worrying about everything, changes nothing. Doesn't make your kids safer. It doesn't make your job better. It doesn't make you know your marriage sweeter. Worry changes nothing. So his point is, you got to let it go. You got to learn. Listen, step back, look up, and let it go. Because you're not all that. He is all that. Therefore, you have all that.
Now, I'm not saying don't care. I am saying, scripture is saying, don't worry. First Peter chapter five, verse seven says this as we close. Cast all your care on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. You just give it to him because he's going to help you see it through. You know, I realize that there's some of you in here today who have, you've never made Jesus your king. You've never surrendered to him as Lord and as your savior. And you're out there, listen, you're, you're submitting your life to other things as Lord. You're not submitting to him as your great shepherd. You've got other things that you're, you're trying to trust and other things that you're looking to to help you navigate this thing called life. And I'm here to tell you, nothing will ever be able to navigate you through life other than Jesus. If you're not allowing him to lead you, then friends, you're gonna get lost. And there's some of you in here today that need to just take a, I think there's two, two groups. There's one group that needs to say, okay, God, I need to re-surrender my life to you. I, I've been stressing about so much and worried about so much, but today I'm gonna realize I just, I belong to you. I'm gonna yield my life to you again. I think there's another group in here that you've never done that ever before. And I wanna give you an opportunity to do that today before you leave, to let Jesus become your Lord, let Jesus become your Savior, and let him lead you through this thing called life. Come on, will you pray with me? God, I just wanna ask that for anyone in here this morning that's, that's come in stressed, come in worried, carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. God, I pray that today as we've been talking that you'd, things that you've spoken to the heart, they'd be able to carry with them out of this place, God, and that they would, from this moment, right now in this moment, just be able to confess to you that God, they're gonna trust you. They might not see how it's all gonna work out, they might, but God, they're gonna trust you. And Lord, just find their peace in you today. God, you're taking care of the birds of the air. You're going to take care of them. Your eye is on them. If, you're, if they're moving into something or they are in something, you're gonna lead them through that something on into greener pasture land. And God, I pray you just give them the faith to stay close to you and to walk with you step by step through whatever it is that they find themselves in the middle of because you are a great shepherd and you take care of your kids, God. And God, I pray for those that have not yet surrendered their life to you, have never said yes to you, Jesus, that right now in this moment, you would touch and change them forever. And listen, if that is you and you need to say yes to Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that right now in this moment. That you just have a conversation with him where you surrender. You know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, we've gone our own way and done our own thing. The wages of that, of that sin is it's a separation from God. And some of you are separated from God right now. You have to trying to do it on your own. The Bible says that Jesus went to the cross and gave his life in our place so that we can be forgiven, that we can be washed and cleansed. Jesus absorbed in himself what we deserve for our sins so that we can experience life and life abundantly so we can step back into that relationship with God that we've been separated from. And some of you need that right now. Listen, if that's you, I'd love to lead you in a word of prayer. Personally, talking to God, and I'll give you the words. Where today you just say, okay, God, I'm done running. I'm gonna surrender to you this morning. I'm gonna say yes to you today. If that's you, would, would you repeat in prayer after me? I'll give you the words. Here's what you say. You say, God, come on, tell him, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am. But I know that you've got more for me. And so today, I choose to surrender my life to you. 
I want to ask that you'd forgive me, that you would wash me and that you'd cleanse me. I want to ask that you'd be my Lord and that you'd be my Savior. I thank you for going to the cross on my behalf. And I thank you for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. God, would you fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on